next to me With his eyes closed, totally can't see Trying to follow orders, just gone and be free Be free like a bird, so today I'm a fly Bad, bad motherfucker till the day I die Be free like a bird, so today I'm a fly Bad, bad motherfucker till the day I die Oh, yeah Bad, bad Hey everybody, welcome to Deathmatch News Radio. This is going to be episode number 20. We are recording on the eve of February 6th, uh, and uh, it's February 6th for you as well, Mike, so we're recording on February 6th, awesome. Um, before we get started, a couple plugs I want to get out of the way. My name is Steven, I do the Deathmatch News, uh, the Deathmatch Newsletter, which I don't think I'm going to be doing anymore, because I'm putting a lot more effort into these podcasts. But anyway, you can find me online, I'm on Twitter, at INTL Wrestling. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mike, who is... Always a pleasure to have back on this because we're always kind of worried about you, man. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing all right. Uh, thanks. Uh, uh, I'm home, so that's an awesome thing. I'm able to do this from my uh, <clears throat> my bedroom, so that's uh, good to the mental recovery. I'm still going to be uh, laid up for a while and got a little road for me, but you know the the at least I'm on that road. So thankful to be uh, on the road and thankful to be here with you doing this. And where can be and uh, what do you got going on on the uh, the Facebook pages? Uh, well, I, I've basically been focused on the deathmatch cult lately. Um, I actually left a few of my pages that I created, <laughs> uh, but I still have the uh, combat cult and the old school cult. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I'm venturing into podcasting more. Um, today, I'm going to be taping the combat cult uh, episode two. Uh, last night, I taped episode five of Bucky's Road uh, Road Diaries. People have uh, been getting behind that. I've got a few other projects uh, upcoming. I'm partnering with a, a, a gentleman named Leon, who used to be a radio engineer. Um, he's going to be coming aboard for the 420 Metalhead podcast. We're actually going to be having uh, Mr. Slack as a guest shortly. He's going to be our guest co-host on one of our episodes. We're going to play Schlack's favorite music. So hopefully that will be coming up in the next couple of weeks. And then I'm starting, uh, I haven't, we haven't named it yet, but i got a gentleman who's, who's very involved in this and doing a lot of research. And we're going to be kind of chronicling some of the tournaments and big shows and events that have happened in hardcore. And uh, we already started the beginning phases of that, and uh, we're excited about that. And then always, I'm always doing this with you. And, you know, people are happy that we're doing more episodes a week now. You know, the, there's a lot. Of, I've got a lot of good feedback about that. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of focusing on the uh, on the podcast end of it too. Um, a few things I want to ask you really quickly. So, um, the show that you're doing. So, I'm excited for this because you've kind of told me a couple of the things, and you you hinted on uh, on Facebook about it. But if you want to let people know, so so you're going to be doing the the show chronically some of the bigger um, um, tournaments. And uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot, man. You made a tease that you have a big guest schedule for the first episode. Let pe- you know what people's um, appetite. Uh, who do you got on for the first episode? Well, I, I'm probably gonna have two guests, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say their, their names yet. But all I will say is they are two competitors from the original IWA King of the Deathmatch tournament. All right. And one of them, uh, one of them might be a little bit mad. Might right. be a madman. <laughs> the other one I'm gonna leave as a surprise. One, the other one doesn't do interviews very often, so I think it's gonna be really cool to get this perspective of what happened during that time frame. And yeah. we're gonna talk about the feuds that led into the tournament and the state of the company. We're really gonna do a deep dive. It's probably gonna be like a four-hour thing because um, we're gonna really try to break into what led up to it and, and whatnot. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I even put an olive branch out to Ian Rotten, but uh, he, he didn't want to be involved. I'm sure. So, but I, I let Olive branch out to him, you know, being it was his tournament. But 
you know, we've got some great guests for that, and uh, we're really excited. And uh, myself and Max, uh, who's my partner on this, uh, are doing a lot of uh, background work now, you know, on the wrestlers and who they were going into it. And, you know, it's just a real, like, it's kind of like what you guys it did with the FMW to a degree. And then we're really digging into each wrestler and, and you know, going to do, you know, five minutes on them and who they were going into the tournament and kind of coming out of it. Um, and then I also want to plug, man, you're, uh, you just finished up one of the, uh, the Kawasaki Dreamin' shows with Bahu. I think it's episode four, maybe episode three. I'm not sure. Um, yep. I, I lose track of it. Um, everyone check out that show, man. Like that show is really good. You guys went over the career of Mike Awesome for a good 25 minutes. You went over the career, the post FMW career of Kentaro Kenimura for a good 25 minutes. You talked about, um, uh, the possible future of freedoms uh, with June yep. Kasai winding down that I thought was really interesting. So that's a really good show that people should be checking out as well. Yeah, we definitely. Uh, I like to pull. I like to pull Bahu into certain wrestlers and talk about certain frames of it. Like you know, I we did an episode before that. Who would be in Bahu's like Hall of Fame? I like to put them on a spot for things that you guys because you guys have covered so much on your series. It's immense. So I try to pull different things and, and go into a you know the we start out with the old and then we go into the new and kind of get them into the new two, you know, talking about freedoms and whatnot. And uh, I think our next show, we're going to really talk about Apache Army a lot. I think that's the script that I'm working on now. So I think we're going to dig into that. But yeah, I enjoy doing Obahu. He's a great guy, uh, you know, very knowledgeable guy. And I have a lot of fun doing it with him. Okay, just a couple more more plugs I want to get out of the way. Of course, go to nuclearheatgraphics.com. This is uh, Shaheen's art site. If you want any type of commissions for art pieces, he's got tons of stuff for, for sale. Awesome stuff. He's got just awesome, awesome stuff coming out for the, uh, the GCW show coming out. So um, if you're ever thinking that you want some shit on the wall, go there and check him out. And uh, then he's got the, the podcast, the, uh, the, the, the THT Network, the Hot Tag Network. You can find that on Mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com, and just search for the hot tag, and you'll find that. And hitting him and Boxman do his stuff. We recorded a show that I, I, I don't know where it's going to ever see the light of day, but but we did about 90 minutes just talking conspiracies. And um, nice. maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll throw that up on the, on the network. Speaking of which, nice. last thing I want to go over, because we've never really done this before, but I do want to say is I get a lot of people asking me, um, you know, oh, I listen to the show on my computer, but how do I listen to the show on my phone or how do I download it or anything? Whatever phone you've got. So if you've got an iPhone, you can go to iTunes. If you've got an Android, you can go to the Google Podcast. You can use uh, Stitcher is a really big one, Spreaker. And just just look for any podcast um, platform. And if you just search for The Wrestling Cult, you'll find our page you know, we do anywhere from five to eight shows a week on all kinds of different topics, so there's always something for everybody, I feel like. Um, and uh, the other thing is, do us a favor, go to the iTunes playlist if you ha- if you happen to use iTunes, and, you know, give us, like, five stars, because that's how, that's how other people are going to find us. When people are searching for wrestling, they're going to uh, see our show based on those ratings, so try to give it five stars if you think we're doing good. And if you want to throw us a bone or two, head over to patreon.com slash deathmatchnews, always appreciated it gets put right back into the show we're always trying to buy a new mic but you know or we use it to buy shows so we can talk about the shows and everything but just want to go over that so mike i want to start off on a, on a positive well, i just note. got one more plug too. go ahead go ahead just want to tell people um 
really, you have to check out uh, one of our new shows on the network. It's called The Bubble. Uh, it's with Stephen and his friend. Um, it's very interesting this week. They talked about MLW, uh, the super fight. You know, talked about the New Japan USA shows. It's it's a really good show and it's uh, really fun because uh, it's really a good side of Stephen. Really digging into things and uh, you know giving it the giving it the business sometimes. But it's a very enjoyable show. I've listened to the first couple episodes, so you know you really. He takes on you know your modern wrestling, what's going on with like MLW, ROH, New Japan, things like that, and you know and, and uh, Japanese promotions and stuff. Uh, so it's a really cool podcast. So I would definitely uh, check out the Bubble too. Thank you, um, thank you, man. Um, yeah, that's a show. I've got a friend Adam, and him and me talk wrestling every single day, pretty much. We sit down and we. Uh, you know, he's in Mexico, I'm in China, and we, he's like, hey, look, hey, uh, I found this show on YouTube, do you want to watch it? And we watch wrestling almost every day, and he was like, anyway, it's just kind of him and me picking on fans is really all it is. <laughs> so, uh, but thank you, man. Um, I, we're trying to make it better. So, yeah, but we talk a lot of AEW, we, so, you know, I, I'm very interested in AEW, as I'm sure you are too, Mike, so it's Absolutely. good to be able to, to kind of talk about all that. Absolutely. All right. Um, well, I want to start off with some good news, man. Uh, who has Ian Rotten paid lately? Uh, I would like to say that the, the person that I shout out every week, Dakota, did get paid. So I will no longer be rate Ian Rotten on Dakota's behalf. If anyone else would like to reach out to me and he hasn't paid you, I'd be more than happy to be rate him weekly on that. But Dakota, my co-host from the Combat Call, has received his money. You know, I almost um, think, I was thinking, I don't want to be a cocksucker, but um, if you, if, if, if a promoter owes you money, if they didn't send a t-shirt, if a show got canceled and you didn't get a refund on the tickets, let us know, and we can be the little bit of quality control to make sure that nobody else gets screwed out of, you know, 20 bucks. So just feel feel free to let us know in you know, on Twitter or Facebook if 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 you're owed something and you haven't gotten it yet, just kind of let us know and we'll maybe we can help you out. Right now, Twitter's lighting on fire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we just kind of ding 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 ding. <laughs> Next week, the show will be called the Ian Rotten Debt Collection episode. <laughs> but uh, but no, he did pay these people. Granted, it was you know four four months, five months late, which is ridiculous. But he finally did pay some more people. So. Hopefully the debacle that they call the King of Kings, hopefully everyone has settled up and got their cash from the show. You know, I heard that, um, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on with the the, uh, the Rottens. You know, J.C. Rotten left. He's doing a lot of stuff with Trainwreck, which I, uh, we can talk about that in a minute. But, um, um, you know, I got told that, you know, they're running out of Jeffersonville. They're not doing death matches, but they are doing like two shows a week and stuff. Um, have you heard, like, are these shows being attended? Because, I mean, look, it's dropped off the face of the planet. I, you know, we we don't get results from anybody. It's hard to find them online. Um, I don't get pictures. I, I don't get gifts on Twitter or anything. But have you heard anything about, like, what IWA is doing at the moment? Well, they're running on a Too Tough Tony's building. It's actually, they're building a Too Tough Tony runs. He has his training school, and there's a couple other promotions that run out of there. Um, you know, they're basically using young talent. And, I mean, they've still got their Larry D's and Aaron Williams and, uh, and Michael Elgins. But, uh, yeah, they just released some more shows on the Smart Mark, but you don't hear a lot result-wise, you know, usually till I know Chad's an idiot. The domain is not even up anymore for the fellow that used to, to cover a lot of them. 
uh, for people who are familiar with that site. That's where I used to get a lot of it. And then, you know, you'll do get some on, on Cage Match and whatnot, but usually not really. Like, they just released a couple shows uh, from January. They released Lucky 888 and Winter Wars. And, I, you know, I'll tell you the lineup a little bit, just looking at it. Um, Dewey Williams took on Steve Manders. Okay. Lucas Jacobs took on Frank Wyatt and BW3. The only person I really know of that's Frank Wyatt. He was in the uh, Viking War Party. The women's title, Max, took on Amazing Maria. I no idea who Max is. The tag titles, Trash Punks, took on Mama's Boys. You know, I'm a pretty deep indie person. I can usually tell you a lot of indie wrestlers. Very rarely will I ever see a card that's half the card. I don't know who they are. Unless it's like your local indie that nobody goes to. Um, Logan James and Shane Mercer, okay. J.C. Rotten and Jordan Cage, that was from a few weeks ago, like I said, January 24th. Sugar D and Larry D. In an old-school IWA rules match, Kevin Giza took on Adam Slade. And Jimmy Jacobs and Aaron Williams. You know, not, not really nothing that jumps out at me. This is nothing something that, that makes me... This is something that I talk about on uh, The Bubble Show a lot, which is, and you know, that... Um, we, you know, you can see so much wrestling. At any given moment, I can see 50 shows that happened in the past week. I can buy it, I can see it for free, I can stream it on YouTube, I can stream it illegally. There are so many shows going on at the moment, and wrestling is really, really good that putting together Jimmy Jacobs against some guy in a really, really good match, dude, that's not going to cut it. You know, it's just not. You need... Character, momentum, hype, you need uh, stars, you know, like there's got to be something behind it. And, you know, that's just my take on wrestling in 2019 is two guys having a very good match is not going to cut it for me anymore. And really, I mean, I know TPI was huge and things like that, but what do you think of when you think of IWA? What was their big selling DVDs? The Deathmatch ones. Yeah. They just they had. had um, Deathmatch in forever. Yeah. That, uh, that referee, Gray. I, I'm sorry, I don't know his John. name. Yeah, John, John Gray. Gray. He was just on the THT show, and he was talking about, he's like, you know, Ian, by the way, sorry if there's fireworks going off in the background. It's holiday in China, and they're blowing up the country. But, <laughs> I mean, dude, 24-7, it's madness, and it stinks like like fireworks outside. so bad, you can't believe it. But anyway, um, and he, you know, he was talking about how the TPI always did good. They were bringing a star and have a little good little thing, but... Those DVD sales, it was blood and guts. That's just how it is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah, the Kings always did the best, you know, attendance-wise. Some of them were pretty good, too. Some of the you know, mid-2000 ones, they had really good attendance, you know. They had four or 500 people at some of those shows. You know, now they're battling to have 25 people. Yeah, with, um, you know, where they're begging people to buy eight posters so they can afford a plane ticket yeah. or something. I don't know how they still run. It amazes me. Must be everyone works on a pretty pretty low scale there, I guess. Well, I mean, granted, you don't know half the guys on the card. I mean, but. a lot of companies do that. You know, I was just kind of told some stuff about 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 CZW and what they're doing to the Dojo Wars guys. I mean, yeah. Um, I'm sure. I don't know if uh, the guy who told me maybe he told you as well, but um. Yeah, I mean, a lot of companies are kind of doing that and stuff like, you know, whatever. I'm not going to... It's 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 the wrestling business. There aren't a lot of millionaires. And you do have to break in somehow. I can understand that with the younger guys. You're going to have a certain due to, to pay, but uh, people don't want to see those cards either, you know? You have to put some stars on your cards. You have to do something. And that's the thing with deathmatches. You can create a deathmatch star on two shows if it goes viral, if it's someone who's really good. 
you know, you can get a lot of hype on. Like, you know, I was hyping Oren Vedder a while ago, and you know, I went on Oren Vedder. I think after the H2O show, you know, Eddie Only, the guy who I hyped before the show, I think it's going to, we're going to see more and more of him. You know, it's just, but I, I don't know. Like I said, I, maybe they can't, maybe to, maybe in the arena, they won't let them do death matches there. Well, I know they have various stuff going on at the arena. Um, well, Anyway, oh, in IWA, no, I was told straight up they can't do death matches. Like they don't even want blood in that building. Yeah, 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 Tony doesn't because he doesn't run that. In the CZW, I mean, it it looks like their next card is going to have some violence. It looks like there's three matches that has the potential to be some sort of death match. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so we'll get to that when we start going over the upcoming shows and stuff. Um, let's go over some news really quickly. Um, so um, I guess we'll start on kind of a sad note. It's just on my sheet, and we got to go over it. Um, Mike, I'll let you tell the story about uh, Captain Dave. You know, um, so the Captain Dave, he's like a CCW loyal. He he goes to pretty much every show, I think, and he does a lot of like running commentary videos uh, during the shows. Um, I'll let you go over, but what happened this pet, you know, this, uh, past weekend? Yeah, I'm going to pull it up real quick. Um, Captain Dave does a podcast, like Steven said, and he has a, a wrestling page. You know, he's someone who's very dedicated to seeing, you know, he's someone you see in the shows, kind of like you Kevin Hogan or other people that, you know, um, and, and he really loves it. He's a guy that's been going to the show for 20 years. Uh, you can see him at old CZW shows. And, and, you know, and he does his podcast. And just like us, he does these things because he loves them, not because he's making a lot of money. Not because there's a big uptake to it. He does it because he loves professional wrestling. Um, you can always catch him at different Jersey shows, and you never hear him bad mouth promotions either. Never. He's always on the positive about things. Uh, God bless him. I'm, I'm, I'm not like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he is. So and that's great. He went to this. I just want to pull up the exact thing so I don't misspeak. He went to this Crossroads Wrestling um, Benefit Show. Apparently over the weekend, and uh, it wasn't the promoter that said this. I want to clarify. That. So, uh, but apparently, I want to say a friend or the brother of the promoter made some quite rude remarks to Dave. Uh, you know, um, calling him, you know, the bad word for mentally impaired. I don't even want to say it here. And apparently, berating his wife and telling him he's trying to sneak in and and pay. And all they want to do is have his wife use the bathroom, and he was going to pay. Uh, you know, Dave always. I've never heard of Dave not paying to go to a show. He's always at H two O, OPW, GCW, CZW. You know, people love to have him there. All the wrestlers interact with him. They love him. Motors. Matt Tremont went on right away, and uh, you know he he bashed this uh, organization right away. You know. And that's the same thing I have to say, too. And this may not have been the promoter, but, I mean, if you were the promoter and this happened in your promotion, I don't care if that was your brother or not. I would have kicked him the fuck out. Uh, it's Crossroads Wrestling Promotion. Now I've got this thing here. I'm going to read the statement real quick from this person here, Dan McGee. Uh, I am assuming this statement, I'm, I'm issuing a statement from the heart. As a father and daughter of a special needs and handicapped son of bone cancer, it was never our intention to disrespect anyone. And their support of a CRW, especially Captain Dave, he has shown us nothing but respect in the past. I want to officially apologize to him and everyone else that was offended on Saturday. I also want to take the opportunity to let everyone know that CRW is created to give back. Let me just skip a little bit. Da, 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 proceeds. I hope you all can forgive CRW for instance. Well, well, here's the thing is, 
they released his statement after Tremont, Brandon Kirk, and a bunch of the wrestlers went on and bashed him. So I don't know how heartfelt how it is. I hope it is. And, then, and and I hope that the person that just said these remarks, because it wasn't the promoter, it was someone involved in the promotion, but it wasn't the promoter. And they do, you know, promote these COs for for good needs. So I'm not going to bash on them there. But hopefully, whoever it was isn't involved there anymore, because there's really no need to to do that to make fun of anyone or to be harsh like that. And especially Dave, who never has a bad word for anyone. He'll messages me once in a while, ask about different things, ask me how I'm doing. Um, he's a good guy. He loves what he does, just like all of us do. We all love wrestling. He does the same kind of things that we do. And to berate him and berate his wife um, like that in front of people and embarrass him, um, he's always a good-natured guy who goes to these shows. So I find it disgusting. Um, I had to say it wasn't the promoter, Dan McGee, but whoever it was, you know, go fuck yourself. Um, you shouldn't even go to a wrestling show anymore. You're a piece of shit in my mind uh, to make fun of a person. Uh, you, you know, you Disgusting, disgusting, disgusting human being. You you go up there with that asshole fucking Kevin Brennan and on the list of assholes um, in, in my book. Um, on that note, I want to say one thing really quickly. That like This is something for the future, but um, we're going to be having dysfunction on in the next couple of weeks, and he's ready to tear a new one on a lot of these guys. So that'll be fun. But, um, yeah, I mean, come on, guys. Like We're all fucking wrestling fans, and... I just can't believe that in 2019 this is still what's going on. Um, I'm not going to, like, belabor the point. I think we're all in pretty good agreement on this, but apparently not these five jerk-offs, you know, these five jerk-offs in the crowd. It's okay. Yeah, and no one cares about uh, Crossroads Wrestling or whatever it is. Uh, Deathmatch Cult. Deathmatch Radio Podcast. We support you, Captain Dave. I want to plug Captain Dave's radio podcast. Go check it out. Captain Dave's wrestling page on Facebook. Always oh, putting different news and information on there. Uh, we support you, Dave. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep your head up. God bless you. Um, one more thing I want to ask. So uh, this is uh, this week is the two-year passing of Kevin Hogan. And um, I, I never met Kevin Hogan. I never knew, knew Kevin Hogan. I never went to a show in the area, obviously. Um, but I just wanted to ask you: Did you ever, uh, you know, did you ever uh, cross paths with him? Yeah, yeah, I have an old, older days show. Real nice guy. Well, hey, if you want to, you know, if you want to take two minutes and just share a story or two, go ahead. You know, I, I went to some old CZW shows, and I didn't interact with him a lot. I went back in the day, but uh, one time, I forget what show it was, but we were kind of sitting next to each other and in a row, and he was talking to me about wrestling, and you know, I was telling him where I was from. And he's such a nice guy because I really didn't know him then. And he was talking to me, and just like we are friends, and, and he was kind. And uh, a lot of people are always like that. You go out in public. A lot of people are kind of like, but wrestling fans, I found, are always pretty, you know, opening. You know, where are you from? And, uh, you know, Kevin was really nice to me. Uh, I know he met a lot to the community too. He was always repping shows. He traveled. He'd go to IWA shows and stuff. Um, and he's someone you could see in a crowd. You know, these people become family after a while. Kind of like in you know, ECW. You know, you have the hat guy. Uh, you know, you have you have the Rob Zombie guy. You have different people. Uh, John the Cab. You have these people who who always go to these shows and reflect. And that's what Kevin was. Uh, Kevin so much so that Matt Tremont, you know, named his arena after him. You know, that really shows. You know, you've got a guy. You got a promoter like Matt Tremont. 
I just want to say this to all these other promoters out here and these other idiots. Um, if you if you want to be successful and learn how to run your promotion right, call Matt and he'll tell you. Because Matt runs a good family promotion. Wrestlers want to work for him. You never hear him about fucking people over. He, you know, he takes care of his fans. He cares. He loves what he does. So I would say, you know, Matt and same way with Danny D'Amato and Brett Lauderdale. Um, if you want to run promotion successfully... Uh, that's how you should run your promotion. Take care of people. You don't stiff them. Uh, same way with Bill Molnar and VOW. You never hear about Bill stiffing people. And, you know, he tries to put on great shows. Uh, Kyle and Sage in California. There's so many promoters that wrestlers want to work for, uh, like those folks. And then that's how you grow your business and how you get your fans to follow you. So, yeah, Kevin was another person, uh, Hogan, that was, uh, you know, just a great, great guy, salt of the earth. Uh, and loved it, just like we all do. Love professional wrestling. He went to so many shows, and you could always catch him there, you know, and be part of the Muffin Club. <laughs> Another one that's sadly missed. It left us way too soon. Very cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, so it, it's it's that time. So any podcast that you hear that's about this type of wrestling, you're going to hear a lot of Kevin Hogan stories around this time of the year because, uh, well, you know, I, I never even knew about Kevin Hogan, really. You know, I saw him in the crowd with the chicken and stuff. And then once he passed, that's when I started hearing, like, how much he really meant to everybody with, like, organizing the road trips, keeping people entertained. You know, he just, um, I'm, you know, I'm sad that I never got to meet him. So, uh, cheers to him, man. Um, let's roll into the bigger news. Now we'll go into results and stuff. Uh, I think the biggest news of the day is definitely that Jimmy Havoc is going to be signing with AEW. Um, Jimmy Havoc, he, uh, he got his big, uh, you know, his, his big, um, Spurt to to fame was a feud against Will uh, Will Osprey in progress back in I think it was 2015 I think or 20 oh, yeah yeah uh, combination both yeah were a bunch of different matches yeah and um, he's probably like uh, so the U you know that was when the UK scene caught fire and you know with uh, Will Osprey and a couple other guys that really got really big from from there and Jimmy Havoc was always there and Jimmy Havoc of course you know he does death matches he's enthusiastic about you know still doing the death matches, and, um, you know, he's going over to Big Japan for the Ikitosin tournament, which we 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 already kind of went over, so um, he's probably, like, the highest profile deathmatch wrestler outside of, like, Nick Gage, and now here he is, uh, and he's going to be wrestling AEW, so um, I would admit, and, you know, he's been wrestling for MLW for the past couple months and such, um, so uh, I would imagine the AEW, you know, they're going to have a hardcore division. I don't see them doing death matches, but tables, ladders, chairs, a cheese grater here and there. Um, and I would figure that Jimmy Havoc would be the centerpiece of that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you look at the uh, the all-in card, Janela and Adam Page was a hardcore match. You know, they did tables and chairs and some crazy spots. Um, you know, and I know Janela and, and Jimmy Havoc have worked quite a bit together, too. They had a match in Progressive and a match in Riptide. So I definitely could see that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, with Will Ospreay and Jimmy Havoc, the match that really put them on the map was at, at Progress uh, Progress 20. They had a no-DQ match that people just raved about. Uh, you know, and that was part of their feud. You know, they feuded over the uh, Progress title because Jimmy was a champion and Osprey uh, finally defeated him. And then they feuded on after that, too. And Jimmy's been a guy who goes back to WXW days. You know, he had some matches with Drake Younger and, and people like that during when WXW was still doing death matches. So he's been around for a while and he's been a staple over there. And, you know, if we talked to our friend from Australia last week, he often goes down to Australia. Uh, you know, he won the one TOD. So, uh, you know, hopefully we will 
see something like that, and that's cool. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll see some kind of the death stuff. You know, I've heard that Impact Wrestling is looking at doing something a little bit more violent uh, now that uh, they're they're more or less on Twitch and at one network. So we'll see. I mean, maybe we'll finally see some more hardcore get into wrestling. Maybe we'll see a shift. I mean, you remember the, the 90s. I mean, WWE, you know, Thumbtacks, Fire, Barbed Wire, Bats, you know, Mick Foley. That was all the end. And then we now now we have uh, you know uh, pancakes and tickle fights, but if things have changed, but hopefully uh, yeah hopefully there will be a, a hardcore division in MLW that would be or not MLW AEW. I'm kind of excited. They're signing a lot of uh, different kinds of style of wrestlers. I mean they signed Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. I'm a big fan of you know it's a very diverse lineup they've got so far. Today they're having another rally. They're supposed to announce some more big signings also. Um, that's, yeah, pillow fight, man, that, uh, you couldn't pay me to watch Raw, that's all I'm gonna say, but, um, yeah, Jimmy Havoc, uh, I watch it fast forward every week, I, I watch, like, one gif on Twitter, and I'm like, that's enough, uh, but, anyway, um, so, um, yeah, so, uh, big, uh, you know, uh, big, you know, I mean, I'll be dead honest, Jimmy Havoc's not my favorite wrestler, so, I, but that's okay, he, he he doesn't have to be, but I do think as a representative of deathmatchers, I mean he he's obviously popular. He's got a look that a lot of people like, you know that emo look. A lot of girls like it and stuff. I think he's a good um, a good face for the genre for sure. So uh, lots of luck to him in that. Um, speaking of Jimmy Havoc, so um, over in England they had uh, one of the first deathmatch tournaments in the UK in quite a while, uh, the DOA tournament. Um, I'll let you go over it. Do you have results from that show? I do. I do. Jack Jester defeated H.C. Drake in a dog collar match. Uh, Jimmy Havoc defeated Royal Coyle, Rory Coyle in a home fight. Um, I put on the uh, on the deathmatch cult page. I put a a short four minute video of the highlight in this. And the home appliance match was crazy. They're doing VCR spots and went through a microwave which the other ones had. And it literally looks looks pretty wild. Um, Drew Parker defeated Clint Majera in a thumbtack match. That match looked really good. Mikey Whiplash defeated uh, Chris Ridgeway in a weapons match. The semifinals, Mikey Whiplash defeated Drew Parker. Four corners of pain. That looked, match looked amazing. Uh, Jimmy Havoc beat Jack Jester in a barber table. Uh, then in the finals, Mikey Whiplash defeated uh, Jimmy Havoc in an extreme death match. Uh, there's lots of tubes. It almost looked like a House of Pain match. Uh, Mikey pile drive Jimmy from the second rope through a light tube table. Uh, and now they said that Jimmy said after that they want to make this a yearly event. So hopefully that'll be the case. Uh, but it was definitely uh, the finals looked uh, looked pretty wild with all the tubes and it looked like a really good tournament. And uh, it's going to be on the uh, Fight Club Pro on demand soon. So that's where you can see it if you're looking to watch it. They're hoping to have it up within a week. Um, were you, um, you know, this is going to be a, again, I'm going to be brutal honest when I talk about this, but were you able to watch the, uh, the Fight Club Pro, uh, Project Tokyo show that came, that it, uh, it, it just got put up on their streaming service recently? All I, all I did was watch the main event. Yeah, I did pretty much the same thing. So for anybody who wants, it's like five pounds, it came out to like 650. So I just signed on for a month and, um, they've got a pretty good library there. I mean, there's probably like 40 shows on there if you want to check them out. But, um, I don't know what, so the main event, you know, this was the January 7th Kurokin Hall main event, uh, which was, uh, RSP against Jimmy Havoc against, um, help me out. Uh, Drew Parker. Drew Parker, who I get confused with Kit Osborne every time. I can't remember <laughs> his name. And, uh, Takeda, who was filling in for Kasai, who was originally going to be in the main event. Um, what did you think of the match? Um, it was all right. 
Uh, I, I thought they, they made Ricky Shane Page look like a gigantic monster. I know that the Japanese fans will like that, but I mean, it was okay. Um, I liked some of Takeda spots. Uh, again, I, I'm, you know, no knock on Jimmy Havoc. I, I said this for a while. I'm not the monstrous Jimmy Havoc fan either. Um, it's not knocking what he does, but he's not probably in my top five for British Deathmatch wrestlers. But I appreciate that he does it. And, and I hope he's very successful and, and can do something in AEW. Uh, but he's just not my cup of tea. I'm not a monstrous Ricky Shane Page fan. Uh, I never have been. I, I appreciate some of the stuff he's done. I liked him and John Wayne Murdoch's matches. I'm certainly not going to say I haven't enjoyed a few of his matches, but I'm not a huge Ricky Shane fan either. Uh, Ricky Shane Page. Uh, Takata, Takata, I would have rather seen Takata and Drew Parker have a singles match. I, I, I agree completely. That's a great statement right there. You know, I'm really amazed that um, Jimmy Havoc I can see bringing back, but... Um, I can't believe that they brought back Ricky Shane Page and not Drew Parker. So I'll go over the match really quickly. Like um, to me, I I like American death matches. I like Japanese death matches. But when you put these guys, you know, they're doing the the you know the uh, the death house style. Which I'll be honest, when Death House Two came out, I thought the same way. It was okay. I don't like multi mans. I just don't like the multi man scramble death matches whatsoever. Three ways, four ways, ten ways. I don't like them. And this really was all of those matches. It was just a lot of hokey spots, a lot of setup. You know, they, uh, I, you know, um, there was one part towards the end where the match completely stopped so that RSP and Jimmy Havoc could set up this light tube log cabin for the for the finish. And I just turned the match off. I'll be honest. I knew what the finishing spot was. They do like yeah. a, a, a Canadian destroyer off the top destroyer. through it, yeah. which is a crazy moving shit. But I'm like. Come on, man, like, Kasai and those dudes, they don't just stop, like, they they don't help each other set up props. Like, it's like, right. make it a competition of some sort. Now, if this was in America, I can kind of, that's how it's done. We're just out here to put on a fucking show. But to see it in, like, the Japanese ring, it just kind of bored me to be, like, I'm being real blunt and honest, I know. And um, I thought that, you know, uh, Drew Parker, he looked really good. He's in shape. He's very... Athletic, RSP. His arms are always down by his side. Like you're giving people like these high kung fu kicks, and your arms are dangling by your hips. Yeah, then he tried to go like monster mode where he's tossing everybody. That seems to be his thing. Just because he's big and he can toss people, it's not really that exciting. And I just want to say too, like you said, um, I do love three ways, but just not in wrestling. But uh. (laughs) Just kidding. But I, I do want to agree with you on the wrestling us, but I, I don't like the multi-man matches either. Because the things get lost. Absolutely. I'd rather see a one-on-one match. Or um, or, or a fucking tag match. Just exactly do a tag team say. match. Took the words right out of my mouth. Or a tag match. So, oh well. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I give it, you know, it was okay. It was good, not great. Some people love it, man. Some people love that Death House four-way stuff. Um, but it, it's not my cup of tea. That's all. Because it's like, what do you build off of that? Or do you have a title that people are fighting for? If it's just four guys shaking hands and breaking glass, it's like, it's it's almost bad. It's almost backyard wrestling, in my opinion. So, oh well. Um, okay, so let's go on. Um, uh, let's do some news. Now we'll go over results. One other bit of news uh, I want to go over. Uh, Josh Crane 
who, um, you know, he's always try, he he's always been on that cusp of moving from like B to A player, right? Well, he uh, our friends over in Japan, Taka Nakayama of the uh, the Freebird store, they uh, they're the main DVD distributor for most American companies over there in, in Japan. Uh, he he just did a piece on uh, Josh Crane, and him and me were, were kind of talking. He was telling me, "Did you know Josh did this and did that?" And he, you know, you know, mostly about his fucking personal life. And I was like, "You know more about him than than I do, man." But um, you know, this has gotten a lot of traction in J- in J- Japan. Um, one thing about uh, last year, the TOD. They had a Japanese uh, film crew come in from a television show in Japan, and this show was all about um, how it's it's a show about the dangers of America, basically. About like it, like most episodes are about drugs and abandoned houses and the healthcare system, and then they did an episode on the tournament of death. Oh well, but um, uh, apparently they they did a secondary episode that didn't get a lot of press, and a lot of people didn't see. I did. I haven't seen it, but my friend told me that uh, where Josh Crane got a little uh, four-minute interview, and apparently he came off really, really well. He's always smiling. He's always talking. You know, he's always he's always talking about his family. Um, We talked about before that Josh Crane's going to the UK. He's posting pictures from the gym. That's going to help. But um, you know, he's he's a guy with a dream, and I hope he gets there. That's all. So. Um. So, uh, let me see. Uh, we can go over uh, results first. Did you happen to catch the H2O show that came out? I did. Um, I wasn't able to watch it yet. I, I was busy all day, but um, if you want to step a little closer to the mic, and if you want to let people know, what did you think of it? And, and, yeah, and by the way... Th- closer to the mic? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yep, absolutely. Uh, this is going to be Subterranean Violence vo- Volume 4. You can get this at Smartmark Video. This was from about a week ago. Um, what did you think of it? Uh, boy, I, I could give you a detailed. I actually took notes if you want. Yeah, sure, go ahead. I mean, I I wasn't able to. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Give me a couple days to watch it. We can do a full review together in like three days if you want. That sounds good because I took like nine pages of notes and I great. even rated each match. All right, great. And the show on the ten dollar ten scarf scale. So I'll give you a, a broad. Um, overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, there were a few matches I did not like at all. Uh, and then uh, the few and then few matches I did enjoy, I enjoyed Eddie only and Eric Ryan quite a bit. I enjoyed Alice Cologne and Lucky 13. Uh, and the main event was cool. Um, the only thing, and me and Bucky talk about this uh, on the rotary, is not a lot of gimmicks. I mean, not that you need a lot, but I mean, really, I mean, one of the gimmicks was the first time I've ever seen a fork match. Where it was just like a fork bat and a couple of foam fork. Fork weapons. So there wasn't a lot of gimmicks. Um, you know, there was a few matches that dragged. And then there were some exciting matches. Um, do I think it was worth to buy? Sure. Yeah, because there were some cool matches on it. So overall, it was a decent show. Was it a great show? No, I can't say great. But it was overall, it was a real decent show, so I would check it out. All right, and yeah, so um, I'm going to watch that in the next couple of days, and then we can do a show maybe like Friday or Saturday, and we can talk about it. Yeah, sure, yeah. I took it very deep. I, I watched it the other day in detail. Awesome. Um, and then uh, before we go to results, I just want to ask, have you heard anything about J.C. Rotten and the the, uh, the train wreck company? No, I haven't. I'm going to probably reach out to him today because uh, I'd actually like to see maybe we can get him on for 10 minutes sometime. I talked to him. Talk I, I talked about, well, uh, well so they're going to launch the company. I think it's like March 14th or 15th around there. 
Uh-huh. And uh, we're going to have him on right before then or maybe right after to talk about it. But the, he's really excited and keeps saying they're doing something different. They're talking about doing uh, a deathmatch tournament. And uh, so I'm sure that we're going to be hearing a lot about Trainwreck. But, um, yeah, I was just wondering if you had heard heard, heard anything. But we can definitely, you know, we'll, we'll be getting J.C. Rotten on. Like, we're already stacked for guests for the, for the next six weeks. Um, and J.C. Rotten will definitely be one of them. He's a guy I've always wanted to have on anyway. Yeah, definitely. I know that uh, if, if he could have his dream tournament, it would be crazy. The names he listed. But I don't think you'll get all of them. It'll be, excuse me. But it'll be interesting to see uh, who he does bring in. Yeah. Um, so okay. Uh, if you want to go over, um, one second. If you want to go over results, uh, from since last time we talked, uh, go go ahead. Absolutely. Got them right here. Uh, I'm not gonna go into detail of all the shows. I am gonna highlight like over the weekend in Atlanta, McLoon Productions did a couple shows. And they had some hardcore stuff on them. So I'm gonna kind of go over bits and pieces of that. I'm not going to waste the whole show there. Basically, there were some super card shows, and I have some other results also here. And I'll go to uh, you know the H2O results real quick through in a moment. Um, SUP, uh, Southern Underground Wrestling in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, ran a show on the first, uh, 20th. The main event was a hardcore match. Uh, uh, Nick Gage took loss to uh, their champion, Brett Eisen. So I know that uh, you know, it was kind of a hardcore match from what I was told. It went all over the the audience and there's quite a bit of blood involved. They didn't really get into too many weapons, but you know, essentially besides that, uh, there really wasn't a lot. Of, I mean, there's Eddie only was on the card and a few other people, but wasn't much else I'd want to talk about on there, but Southern Underground is kind of a cool promotion. You know, they do some hardcore stuff. They do they use a lot of guys like the Carnies and they use, uh, you know, Eddie only a lot of the year staples, alley cat, a lot of your Southern guys, Dominic and Rini, uh, the Jollyville fucks, uh, Craig Mitchell was on his card, a guy who does a lot of stuff for freelance. Jake Parnell. So, yeah, they use a lot of those steady guys. So, you know, if you want to check them out, I believe they're available on uh, the Independent Wrestling Network, which used to be called, uh, well, what the fuck did it used to be called? You know what I'm talking about. The one that has a, uh, oh, the one that has DTU and has Zona on it. Powerbomb. What it used to be called. Powerbomb. Yeah, it's no longer called Powerbomb. Really? No, it's called the Independent Wrestling Network now. I was, I saw, didn't I think that Adam Lash left, didn't he? I, I believe so. Yes, I'm actually going to pull it up now, so I have the exact correct name. But I know I'm within. It is now called, yeah, Independent Wrestling. So it's changed its format a little bit, not much. It's got the same deals, same promotions. Um, the page changed a little bit, but yeah, they're still streaming some live stuff. Uh, like Chicago's got an upcoming show, and uh, I know they just put a bunch of Zona 23 shows on there. The John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley shows on there now. Uh, so yeah, I, I believe we did, but they just why they just changed their name. I think it's, they relaunched about a week ago. So if you're looking for them and you can't find them, that's why they're no longer Power Bomb. It's crazy. Uh, Synergy ran a show on the 26th of February or January. Uh, Jazz defended the world title against Maria Manic in a matchup, and then for the 
Synergy three-way title. Uh, pretty wild matchup. Matt Tremont lost the title to Frightmare, and uh, Drake Chambers is also involved in it. So Synergy kind of does some hardcore stuff. They're not really a, they're family-friendly, so they don't really do death matches, but they run about once a month at Tremont's there. I know Dan O'Hara was on a card and KTB. So you get some of the H2O guys and run a card. And then uh, some of your upstarts in that area. So if you're in the uh, Hillsboro, New Jersey area, you know, check them out. If you've got someone to take the kids out on a Friday night and watch a show, that's a promotion you might want to check out. Triple uh, A, uh, Medeo Extremo and single play headline the card. They defeated Joe Leader and Pagano, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, we talked about that before, but it was on Twitch TV. That was a pretty good sized arena. I think it was like 4,000 people. And, uh, they were the headliners, you know. Oh, they headlined over Dr. Wagner and Psycho Clown. Dr. Wagner and Psycho Clown are huge names in Lucha. Huge. And the fact that they were the main event really shows, you know, well, their popularity. about that? that. Yeah. I'm sure that a very big reason would be uh, about that is that they destroyed the ring. You know, they filled the ring with fucking thumbtacks and glass and, you know, table shards. So I, th- I think that that might be why, honestly. But still. I... I Maybe, but I've never seen them put a death match in the main event. It's usually like the middle of the middle of the card, and they use light tubes and thumbtacks in the one show, and it was still the middle of the card. Yeah, that's true. Very true. I mean, you you very well could be right too, but I, I've always they're usually if there's eight matches, they're usually the fifth match. Yeah. I mean, Unless they, it's like an indie show. They look like such stars. You know, they come out in those pimp suits, uh, the big furry jackets, and you know. My friend is down there, and he tells me, he's like, he's like, hey, when I see posters for shows, if they're on the show, they're usually the top head. Like, on the indies, they are becoming, like, the, I don't want, you know, they're they're gaining a lot of steam. That's all I'm going to say. Like, they really, I, really are. I think they'll be AAA Tag Team Champions the next year. I think AAA will sign them exclusively. I think you'll see them be there. I think you'll they'll still do their death stuff, but I think just like Joe Leader kind of branched away and Pagano, I think you'll see them come into the phrase because Pagano and Leader were death guys completely, and then they ventured into AAA, and you know they kind of they still do some death stuff, but and indie stuff, but they kind of you know found a home there. I think because they're popular, they're younger guys. There's a huge upside to them. They both can wrestle. I think you'll see them more and more in AAA, and I, I think you'll eventually see them as tag champions. Um, I, you know, I, I just watched that, that Zona 23 show from, uh, January 20th and, uh, and, you know, the main event was them against, uh, Ultimo Gladiator and Super Mega. Good God. That Zona 23 company, man, that is too, and I mean this not in the same way as Carnage Cup, but (laughs) not that far off, man. They were taking dives off of, off of big, you know, big, like, semi-trucks onto cars they're going through all kinds of glass. They're 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 using the light tubes that are brand new, so they're breaking apart into big chunks instead of shattering. You know, I mean, this right. was some dangerous shit, big time. But it was a wild match. But these guys, I mean, Zona Twenty Three, they had a lot of people in, in in that junkyard. So I'm hoping that they had a pretty good payoff. But these guys, they put it all on the line. I mean, and you know what? I don't want to say anything against the the rest of the undercard, but um, because the whole Zona 23 roster are young, hungry maniacs, and then there's a couple fat fucks who wander around hurting people. But those young, hundred, those young, hungry maniacs, 
man, it's just Zona 23 is off the wall. It is an off the wall company, and that show was no different. So I just had to kind of say that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and I've been a fan of Zona for a while. I'm just disgusted that they had Angel Demono on the card. But the card was, was quite crazy. I mean, you know, Subrosa over uh, Androsia, Lunatic Fly, and Lunatic Extreme. I don't know why American promoters aren't bringing them over. Those are the young guys that are always killing themselves. They're going to be the next superstars of, of Deathmatch and Lucha if they don't die. I mean, they just go balls out. They're strong style crazy. They're doing crazy moves and, and shit. I think those are guys that you will probably see over here somewhere in the next year or two, hopefully, because they're young talent and, and they're really pushing themselves to make a name for themselves. Okay. Um, okay. So if you want to, and, and by the way, you can see that on YouTube. Oh man, I can't remember the name of the channel. Um, I'll tell you what, Mike, uh, go ahead and read some more shows off and I'll get the name of the channel for anybody who wants to watch that. Okay. Absolutely. Um, in Atlanta, obviously, we, we had the Super Bowl uh, last weekend. Uh, this company called McLuhan Productions uh, ran a couple shows. One was called The Ultimate Bar War, and one was called Hell or High Water. They were kind of like your super card shows, your wrestling, but there was a couple cool uh, things in it. The uh, Ultimate Bar Show uh, had a uh, four-way bar death matchup, uh, which cast no Valentine. Uh, basically, he lost, but Effie was in it who won, Ethan Page and Matt Cross. And then Ken Shamrock took on Tom Lawler. Uh, just a cool matchup. Uh, and then they were in a fight in the bar, too. Uh, Darby Allen was on the show, so it was a cool show. The following night, uh, in a three-way death match, Mil Mortes defeated Casanova Valentine and Vernon Tiger White. Um, I watched that match. It's very interesting. Uh, Vernon Tiger White, I was surprised on the card because he's never done any professional wrestling. Um, he was a student years ago of Ken Shamrock. Actually, a lot of people remember him when Shamrock first came in Raw. He was the guy that did the exhibition thing with him on Raw. That was the only certified professional wrestling appearance he ever made. So, he, you know, he was in that show. Uh, Ken Shamrock and Tom Lawler had teamed up. Uh, so it was an interesting show. You had Brian Pillman Jr. and, you know, the Lucha guys. And I'm not going to talk in depth about the show because it wasn't much depth. But, you know, it was cool to see Casanova Valentine on those shows. Guys all over Casanova is. You know, he's booked in like six death, no rope death, or no ring death matches next month. He's going from California. He's in New Orleans this week. Uh, Florida. He's going all over the Midwest. He, he definitely knows how to... Uh, get his name out there and to ensure that, uh, you know, his product is, uh, is being seen. So many people are, are ripping on him too now doing the no, uh, no rope death match or no, blah, 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 no ring death matches. It's definitely, uh, uh, something that, uh, you know, is catching on all over and it's, uh, he really knows how to work his social media and, and whatnot. I'm very good at that. I'm going to give you the results from the H2O show quick. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go in depth about it. Like I said, I will with Steven later in the week. But I'll run through the results real quick for that show. Um, also, too, folks, 400 Degrees was just uh, released on um, Smart Mark for DVD now if you want to order it. Uh, it was uh, on the on-demand service, but if you do want to order that, it was just dropped just a few minutes ago. So the H2O show uh, was 10 matches. Uh, Tag Team Champions Notorious Inc. defeated Jimmy Lyon and really Mark quick, Angel. What's the date on that show? The H2O, H2O show. was J January 27th. Okay, okay. Yep. Uh, Jeff Cannonball defeated Raven Havoc. 
Steve Monster Mac defeated Maria Manic. Eric Ryan defeated Eddie Only. Uh, Jimmy, I'm not even going to gimmicks and stuff because I'll go into that more with Steven later in the week. Jimmy Laurie defeated Danny Gallagher. Uh, Jeff Cannonball defeated Drew Chaos. G. Raver defeated John Mathis. Ellis Cologne defeated Lucky 13. Mitch Vallon upset Stockade. And then Schlack defeated Dan O'Hare, Casanova Valentine, and Brandon Kirk to become a new hybrid champion of H2O. What do you think of Mitch Vallon against some of the other young guys like Jimmy Lloyd and, of course, um, Oren Veidt? What do I think of Mitch Vallon versus them? Um, yes, yeah, I mean, those, he, like, those would be like the main new crop of guys, I guess. Sure. I, I think he could probably get in a little better shape. Um, I, I enjoyed his match with Louis. They had a while ago. It was a simple match. It was razor board, but I enjoyed it. His match with Stockade wasn't bad. He took a nasty cinder black shot. Um, I don't think he's on the tier of Warren Vettet or Jimmy Lloyd. I think he's got some ways before we're going to see him winning any kind of tournament. But I think he's definitely got an upside where he can improve. Um, he doesn't stick out, though. Um, and he's not... He's not as good of a hybrid wrestler as they are either. Is he still doing that screaming thing that he was doing in Combat Zone? No, he didn't do that there. Okay, good. Because that's oh, don't that that's backyardy, man. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, any other results? No, that's pretty much it. Result wise. All right. Cool. So. <clears throat> Excuse me, I need to get to drink water. So, um, for anybody who wants to see this uh, Zona 23 show, there's a, a YouTube channel. It's got an English and a Spanish name. The English name is Stars of the Ring, and the Spanish name is Esteja. I'm, I'm not Spanish, guys. I can't speak Spanish. But it's um, Estrellas de, del, del Ring, which means Stars of the Ring in Spanish. But they have a lot of Zona 23. If, if you just go to YouTube and you search Zona 23, this newest show is actually up. It was supposed about two weeks ago, but they've got all of the matches from it. They're on some pretty shaky um, uh, phone camera stuff, uh, but it's that main event at the very least, you know, Ciclope and Miedo against Super Mega and Ultimo Gladiator. That's, and it's technically a GCW title match, so if you're a completionist, you kind of got to watch it, right? Um, one other YouTube note I want to say, anybody who wants to watch, um, I put up on my channel, which you can find if you search Stephen A-Y-Y, You'll see um, that I uh, I just put up a no ring death match between Koji Takeda, who's from the Triple Six Company, and Jun K Kasai. This was over New Year's Eve, and they did a little seven minute no ring match. So if you want to see what that was like, go ahead and check that out. Um, let's see uh, if you want to go over the upcoming shows and uh, some talent that's been added to the GCC, the the GCW cards. Certainly. Um, let me do H2O first since I'm looking at that, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, Hardcore Kingdom, uh, I gotta pull up a date real quick, but I'll do that momentarily. Uh, they've announced the full lineup for Hardcore Kingdom. It's gonna be a 12-man tournament. Uh, Jimmy Lyon, Orrin Vedit, Cody Rice, Dysfunction, Slack, Jeff Cannonball, Mitch Vallon, Maria Manick, uh, Louis Ramos, Ron Mathis, Aiden Ball, and Bam Sullivan. Uh, I'm, get, I'm hearing a lot of negativity um, online about it. 
Which, and also they announced G Raver and Stockade will have a match, and Marcus Crane will have a match with someone. Um, what do you think of that lineup? Just because me and Bucky talked about this a little bit on the road stories yesterday, but what's your initial thoughts on that lineup when I, when I spill it out to you? I mean, it, it's not TOS, it's not NGI, it's, it's not even TOD. It's H2O. It's kind of like the proving grounds. I mean. Uh, yo, I'm gonna be just really blunt. Uh, Ron Mathis, he's okay, I guess. Uh, Dysfunction is always great. Oren is great. Cody Rice is really good. Jimmy Lyon, good, not great. Uh, Jeff Cannonball, he's one of those guys who's like up and down. He can turn it on with the right opponent. Uh, right. like, like, uh, you know, his matches against Raver that we've kind of talked sure. about. But, um, Aiden Ball and, ba- and Bam Sullivan... <clears throat> They're real, you know, they're not really lighting my world on fire. And Louis Ramos is awesome, but you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a, a, a brawl, which is, you know, cool. Uh, Maria Manic is probably the one, you know, her and Schlack really, you know, they're obviously the big stars of this. It's going to be a good tournament. Uh, but, you know, it's not going to be like TOS where everyone's going to be posting a thousand pictures that night or anything. Right, because I, I, from what I heard, and I could be wrong... But I heard that the main the main event is going to have glass. Yeah. So I don't know about the openers. I don't know what the gimmicks will be. I don't know how they'll portray it. Either. The only thing that kind of makes me nervous is, and I hope they don't do this. Um, past years, there's only been two rounds, so I really hope there's not four three-way matches and then one four-way, one four-way match. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that... I mean there probably will be because you've already got the crane match and you've got G Raver and Stockade. So I have a feeling that's the way they'll do it. But I, I just, like I said, I'm not a big fan of the multiple matches. And a whole tournament of multiple matches is is, is hard to watch. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what OPW did, and I, I didn't like that either. Um, there's a market. You know, you've got to be be different. GCW, really, you know, we're going to talk about this in a minute. But, you know, they're, they're, they've always been very vocal. Of, like, we do one-on-one matches, guys. They very rarely do uh, a multi-man match. And it's it it, it 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 allows for so much more star building, you know. And when yeah. you do the the multi mans, it's just people wandering around setting up gimmicks most of the the time. If it does, which given the fact that you know you got an odd number of guys, you got twelve guys, yeah, it sounds like you're gonna have four three ways and one four way. And then you know they have the uh, the non tournament match, which is gonna be G Raver against Stockade and an anything goes match. Um, and Marcus Crane's gonna have a match too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. It's not going to be the A-list tournament. Uh, but no one thought it was going to be. We all know that, you know, we all got to be re- be very real. Nobody's catching up to Game Changer Wrestling and getting the exposure of death matches that they are. And they have a pretty good formula, but you can't just copy their formula. You got to do something to stand out. And, and this could be star-making tournament for other people. Um, I mean, when I look at the lineup, like I said, I'm not going to shit in H2O because I love H2O. I love what Tremont does. Um, there's a few guys I probably would have substituted with other people. I think I might have tried to sneak Eric Ryan in there. Um, Eddie only after the match he just had. I, I think, you know, maybe I would have snuck those guys in. And there's and, a and foundation to build. I mean, I might have had Dan O'Hare in there, too. Guy who was a hybrid champion for quite a while. I'm surprised he, that he's not in there, actually. Because, yeah, because he's been on most of the H2O cards. Yeah, I might have even thrown Casanova in there because he's done some stuff for them. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, of... you you could take out Ron Mathis, Aiden Ball, and Bam Sullivan, and just throw in Casanova, Eric Ryan, and yeah, I mean, you 
whatever. It is what it is. You know, I mean, these tournaments, you got to use the talent that are given to you and you got to stay inside of a budget and you got to blah, 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 blah. I have no doubt there'll be some really good matches because there is some really good talent in it. And there'll probably be a few matches that are kind of, eh. That's a lot of promotions are that way. Um, you know, and and I'm hope I'm kind of hoping that Marcus Crane, I hope that Alice Cologne's his opponent. He's the ace two O champion. I think that'd be an awesome match. You know, they've had one really good match in DCW, so I'm hoping they announce Marcus Crane and Alice Cologne. Yeah. You know, so definitely uh you know, and, and if they're gonna do the multiples, I think the way I do it is I would do four three ways, then singles the rest of the way. Single semifinals and a single final. Yeah, but how many matches is that? That's four. That's seven. Seven. That that's doable. I mean, yeah. that's way. Yep. But then, but then you have the two non-tournament matches. So, so that'd be nine. nine matches, and then assume ten at the rest show. And then you do one or two, yeah, non-death matches to kind of break it up. So that's a long show, though. But they own the building; they can do anything they want. Well, you don't even need to do a non-death match. Just do those. Uh, do the first round. Do Stockade and Raver, do the semifinals, do Marcus Crane and whoever, and then do the finals. That's nine matches. Um, you're not a lot of huge gimmicks that you're probably not going to use, so it won't take that long to set up the ring. I think it could, I think it could flow right along. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, we'll, I'll buy it. You know, I'm going to watch it, but um, oh, no. not every deathmatch tournament can be the. The big one. That's all. No, and you know you always look for good bits and pieces of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then there are surprises. You know, there might be a surprise performance here. There are people that have the potential. I think Aiden Ball could improve, could grow drastically. You know, I think he and Bam Sullivan have an upside. They they haven't reached it yet, but I think that you know those guys that I haven't counted them out because they can wrestle. So I don't think they're hack and slash shit guys, you know. I don't think there's anybody in here that's a hack and slash shit guy, you know. We're not looking at John Rare and Spider Bedrow at all in here. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that this is because there's a there's a fifty fifty chance, uh I'm sure that Scott Steiner could correct me on that, but there's a fifty fifty chance that Schlack is gonna go in as the G C the G C W champion. Um oh, sure. do you think that this is the big turn you know, the the first tournament that Schlack's gonna take? Well, second tournament because he won Primos this year. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, What's that'd that? be cool. Nothing, yeah, nothing, we, yeah. Well, I mean, I know Primos isn't a huge tournament, but remember he won that? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I know, but nobody else does because it never saw video. Well, it's out there. It's just hard to find. You can find it in Russian programming. You've got, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen clips, but I've never seen, like, a full production of I'll, it. I'll send it to you later. Yeah, yeah, please do, because, I mean, shit, you have John Wayne Murdoch doing a pile driver yeah. off a 20-foot balcony, and nobody saw yeah. it. There's there's the whole production. It's just not... It, he put, he's supposed to have it on Patreon, then it, it took two days to go up, and but I have a, I, I've acquired it through through nefarious means, so I will uh, I will send you a copy. Because, yeah, there are some crazy spots in it, and, there, and there's some decent matches in it. Um, there's some shit matches, and then there's some decent matches in it. But yeah, this could be Schlack's big East Coast breakout tournament. Um, you know, he could walk in GCW champion. He's already one of the H2O champions. He's their hybrid champion. Definitely. Uh, imagine a, you know, imagine a Maria Schlack finals. It just broke up. Uh, no comment. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I I wish them the best. That's all. Absolutely. I wish them the best. So <laughs> I'm sure they're still professional. Yeah. Um, so and then um, the other H2O show coming up. They they announced that they're bringing in uh, Too Tough Tony, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I, he's a guy who doesn't get enough credit. Um, you know, his, his matches of Pondo, uh, Necro Butcher and him at the King of Death 2002 was amazing. Uh, he's had great stuff with Cash Flow and Nate Webb. Yeah, that's going to be on April 26th. It's called uh, Too Tough to Quit. So that's definitely uh, interesting to see uh, who Tony will be facing in that show because uh, he's a uh, you know, he's a he's a guy who I think if it would have went with him more, it would have even been bigger because I've really never seen a shit too tough Tony match. I've always enjoyed his matches. All right, cool. So, um, what other shows do we have coming up? Uh, well, for H two O, we had the WH two O show. Uh, that's on May fourth. Um, that's where the main event's going to be Maria Manic and uh, Tara Calloway in no rope barbed wire match with Matt Tremont as a special referee. And I'm thinking Sahara Knight's going to be on that show because she's doing a, uh, the next day she's doing a, uh, a seminar, H2O Academy. So that's anybody doesn't know that's Paige's mother. So I'm thinking she'll probably be on that show, which is kind of cool. She's done a lot of stuff with Shimmer, but, uh, she's doing a seminar at H2O school the next day. And then GCW, let me go right over to GCW News real quick here. Um, they just announced another match for the set it can't be done, which is, uh, I think it's going to be a wild match. It's Eric Ryan, Marcus Crane, and Jimmy Lloyd in a fuckery match. Which, this is the first three-way in the history of the company. Yeah. Yeah. Death match, yeah. Yeah, Crane made this joke that popped me pretty hard where he, you know, he said, uh, you know the show is called. They said it 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 couldn't be done, and he said they is Brett, and what it couldn't be done was a three way. <laughs> so that's pretty good. <laughs> that's funny. Also on that card, uh, we have uh, obviously June Kasai and Alice Clone. In a prison rules match, we have Nick Gage and Slack. Uh, we have Matt Tremont and G Raver. So it's looking like there's four death matches there, which I, I like. Uh, Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams, KTB should be a good match. Chris Dickinson and Tony Deppin should be fun. That that'll be really good. That'll be great. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Uh, Shane Mercer and Eli Everfly has been announced, and then they haven't announced another match yet. But I know they announced AJ Gray and Teddy Hart is appearing on the card. So and then sure AJ Gray. Now I don't know. I don't know anything about him, but he. Um, so I'm sure that you can tell me in a moment. But he's been teasing on Twitter. He wants to do a barbed wire death match. You have Crane saying, hey, I'll do it. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, he's a guy who competes out of uh, Middle America. Mostly. He's done a lot of stuff with Black Label um, recently. I think this is his first foray into the East Coast, uh, for say. Um, he, he's, he's originally out of Tennessee. Like I said, he does a lot of stuff. And there's different promotions. He's a fairly young competitor. Um, one second here. He does a lot of stuff with uh, Glory Pro, uh, PPW in Indiana, Glory Pro in Illinois. So, yeah, he's in that middle America area. He's done some stuff with AIW. He did a tour of DTU uh, last summer. 
Um, he's not really known for any kind of death matches, though, but it'd be cool to see him go in one. Um, you know, he's more or less a, a flippy kind of guy. Like I said, he's had, uh, some, he had a really good match uh, in Glory Pro with ACH at their one pay-per-view, had their eye pay-per-view. He's competed in IW Mid-South once, I think, uh, over time, too. Like I said, he's done some stuff on Black Label. Uh, mostly he's like your, you know, AIW, Glory Pro uh, kind of guy. He was actually at the GCW compound card, uh, Fight Chapter, Club One. He took on Kyle the Beast. And and everyone applauds. Cool. <laughs> I don't remember it either. But, uh, yeah, but like I said, that's kind of his thing. He's a middle America kind of guy. and He's a kind of a high flyer. I, I didn't know he said he wanted to do a death match, huh? That's what he said on Twitter. Um, Speaking of which, one thing, do you have the card coming up for that California show? Because one thing that stuck out to me, the main event is Neil Cutter against Matt Tremont. Do you have the card for that? I do. Okay, cool. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go over that in a moment. But um, one thing that blew me away is that um, you know one guy who he was on the last uh, the 400-degree show, yeah. um, Shane Mercer is on that show doing a light tube death match. Light tube and gusset death match. That's crazy to me. Well, I mean, Shane did a no rope barbed wire match with Hazea and IWA. And he did do a match with light tubes, but he's not known for it. But yeah, I, I think, uh, boy, if he starts doing death matches, he could be a huge star. He could be a. Because he's, you know, he's a big guy, he's strong, he's, he's a really good wrestler. He could be a big, big star if he uh, decided to jump into the, uh, the death match fray. So I've got the card. Um, Neil Diamond Cutter and Matt Tremont, first time ever death match. Uh, Shane Mercer and Aiden Blackheart in a light tubes, log cabins, and gusset plates match. Slack and BC Killer in a four corners of pain match. Uh, Brutal Bob Evans against Gino Rivera. Vipress against Kimberly Demond. Homeless Jimmy against Funny Bone. Mike Rain against Zicky Dice. Peter B. Beautiful, Guido, and Insaniac in a three-way death match. And then the heavyweight champion Michael Kruger against Terex in a death match. So a lot of death matches on that card. Some interesting matches. Uh, I think Neil Diamond Carter and Tremont will be good. I think Shane Mercer and Aiden Blackheart will be a really good match, too. You know, I, uh, I've liked what Blood Brothers have done yet. They haven't put out anything that I haven't liked. Um, I, I like the promoter quite a bit. Uh, Kyle, uh, you know, I really think uh, highly of him and Sage. They, they promote the shows. So uh, I think it's cool they're going to be doing six uh, six shows this year. So sounds like a good card if you're out in the West Coast. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, is that going to make video anywhere? Do you know? Yeah, it'll make video. Um, it'll come out on uh, their uh, Big Cartel page first, and then you can buy it through them directly, and then eventually it'll be on SmartMark. Usually about a month and a half after it's on SmartMark. So it's about two years ahead of Primos and a year and a half ahead of uh, the one out of North Carolina, Unforgivable, whatever it is. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um, Breaking uh, news in 20 years uh, for uh, fucking uh, Primo Slaves of the Death that will be released. <laughs> I'll finally get to see that John Wayne Murdoch bump in, in full camera. Yeah, you'll, you'll be in a wheelchair and your grandchildren <laughs> will be rolling you up to the TV. Grandpa. Check out John Wayne Murdoch. 
Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Um, any other upcoming shows? Uh, let me see here. Uh, Mexico is kind of quiet. Not too much going on in Mexico. Uh, someone hasn't announced anything. DTU announced anything. Oh, I'm trying to think here. I don't think there's too uh, too awful much going on. Oh, uh, yeah, actually, this Friday, uh, the Resistance is running a show. Let me just pull up that real quick. I was just talking to somebody about that. Uh, the Rejects are going to be teaming up with John Wayne Murdoch. Or excuse me, the Rejects are John Wayne. The Rejects are going to be taking on Madman Pondo and I think Oren Vedit. And then... Uh, yeah, that'll be a New fun Jack. match. Yeah, that'll yeah, be a New fun Jack match. New Jack is going to be on that card, too. I'm trying to look for the whole breakdown of it, but it's not wanting to do that for me. Uh, here we go. New Jack. Resistance Chapter 5, New Back. New Jack. It's, Summit. it's the same arena that uh, GCW just ran. So we've got Randy West against Ronnie Reed in a women's hardcore match. Madman Pondo and Oren Vedit against the Rejects. Uh, the Pump Patrol against... High profile, Brady Collins against the Cobra and Rob Fury, and then New Jack will make an appearance also. Most comfortable personal man in the business, New Jack. So that sounds like a decent little card if you're going to be. I know my friend Max is going to be there, so uh, he's going to shoot me some results. So it sounds like a decent card. The Rejects against Pondo and Vedit definitely sounds like a fun match. Uh, I kind of like the Resistance stuff. They usually put their stuff up for free online pretty quick too. So. Uh, yeah, I kind of dig what they do. They, you know, they usually have a couple death matches and then a couple local guys. So that's good. That'll be a cool little show if you're anywhere near Summit, uh, Illinois. Awesome. Well, all right. Um, if you don't have anything else to go over, I got a couple Japanese notes before we finish up. Okay. All right. Um, so first, did, were you able to watch the Freedom's January 30th show? Oh, that was the. Uh, that, was that was the Kasai? tag match, yeah. Yeah, I watched the tag match. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I just watched the tag match. I've got the full show loaded up. I'm gonna watch it before I go to bed here. But um, cause I I, I want to watch the main event with uh Jack and uh, Mammoth uh, uh defend the tag titles. But anyway, um, so uh yeah, so Freedoms they just uh put out you know the the January thirtieth show just uh got put out on Nico Nico. You can find you can find it at all of the usual places. It's up on the Wrestling Cult page as well on Facebook. Um, the main the the main match, which actually wasn't the main event, which is mind blowing to me, was a death match with uh, Toshiyuki Sakuda and Kenji Fukumoto against Kasai and Takashi Sasaki. I think we all saw the photos from this nasty, disgusting fucking match. This match is qualified. And I would qualify it bonkers. I give it the the bonkers seal. Um, I'll let you go over. I mean, what did you think of it? And then I'll give my kind of rundown. Oh, just just ridiculous! Uh, the butcher knife spots and you know the spikes through there, and Kasai just brutalized him. You know, brutalized Sakata. I mean, it's like he was like he owed him money. Very violent, violent, uh, uh, cringe kind of match. So yeah, this is the match. So what they did? So it was like the light tube rope. So they were doing that, and it was really just like the baptism of Sakuda. Um, Sakuda's a guy. Straight up, you know, I'll be honest, you know, we talk, he's a big fan of American Death Matches. He reads the newsletter, he's a, he's, he's a big fan, he gets all of the GCW shows, he really wants to come over, he's a Death Match fan. 
And um, he's been in Big Japan for about three years now. And, you know, the the way the Japanese do it, you just... It's a long learning process. You know, you you know, you got to figure... Or invite. He's been wrestling for like three years, I think. If he was in Japan, he still wouldn't have a single win. You know, I don't think Sakuda has ever pinned anybody in a one-on-one match yet. And he's been wrestling for three years now. He's um, he's in the Bloody Brothers tag team with um, Messiah, Takahashi, and uh, Ueki. And, you know, he's just the third guy. He's, he's basically the fall guy. And, um, you know, he went to the Big Japan office and he said, look, I want to wrestle Freedoms. I want to wrestle death matches. I want to be that dude. You know, he's 155 centimeters. But if you see him from year to year, I mean, he's put on 10 kilograms of muscle. He's really beefed his frame up. So this was easily the biggest match that he's ever had. And they brutalized him. Kasai had a straight razor. He took mm-hmm. a chunk of flesh out of his forehead his he got sliced to the gills with the light tubes. I mean, they just killed the killed this guy. They put the you know, he's doing the cheek spot, but he's not using a needle. They're using this big gauged wire of some sort. And he's putting it through his cheek. He's got this spot where he yanks it back out and the whole crowd shrieks in horror. Um really good match. You know, he ate the pin after the splash and then the uh the tiger driver, but Sakuda, you know, now he's going to be challenging for the King of Freedom's uh, uh championship on February 10th. I be there, and um, if you haven't seen it and you like nasty, gory bullshit, you gotta watch this match. I thought it was really, really good shit, man. I think Sakuda is gonna be the big breakout star of the year. Uh, his work in the ring is really, uh, you know, he's a little guy, but man, he's just taking nasty beatings. He and doesn't seem to be afraid to do anything. He's. You know, I talked to him over Christmas, and um, he was watching the GCW sampler DVD, and he was like, man, he's like, man, I want to do that. He's like, Big Japan, I just don't have the, the chance to do it, but I want to do that. You know, I want to be that guy. He grew up, you know, he grew up watching Takeda and those guys and stuff. And um, I, I, I've been telling a couple U.S. promoters, I'm like, look, man, if you want to be on the heels of someone new, this dude's about to be fucking big by the end. By 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 this summer, everyone's gonna know this guy's name because he's out here to make a statement, man. So yeah, I don't want to keep blowing him or nothing, but I really think that this dude is gonna. <laughs> he like this match rocked, and he's only gonna get better. And I this match it. on on the tenth is gonna rock people's world. What do you so, think the chances are he beats Kasai? Zero. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> zero. No, and he doesn't need to beat him to get over. No, it doesn't need to be. Um, just uh, one real quick thing I wanted to say before we... Are you still there? Yes, I am. Before we go more into Japanese, was just a couple quick announcements I did notice just popped up. Um, the Crash in Mexico is going to be having a cage death match between Bastilla 666 and his father, Damien 666. They've been building that feud up for about a year. So that's going to actually be happening on the 9th of February. That's my only Mexican news, but I just thought I would mention that because there's been a long, long-running feud in the crash between father and son. I can't, I can't think of any other time where I've seen a father-son death match. Maybe in Mexico somewhere. No. No, I'm I'm trying to think, but there's not really that many father-son deathmatch wrestlers in Mexico. Yeah, uh, it's too bad. Um, it's too bad Supreme and Sage Sin couldn't have gone at it or something. Yeah, I mean they've tagged together, but they've never went at it. No. Yeah. Or JC in the end. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, and then uh, I got one one more note, and we can talk about this as we go off the air. Uh, Great Sasuke announced that he's gonna be um, he's gonna be doing a one year. Uh, he's gonna be taking a, a year off. He's fucked up, man. His back and his shoulders are just destroyed. We all see that barrel dive he does every single year. Um, you know, he's been he's been at the forefront of hardcore wrestling in Japan since the early '90s, since 1991. You know, and um, here you know here we are in 2019, and he's finally like, I need a year off. So he's gonna take a year off. He's still gonna do a little, he's still gonna do office duties for K Dojo. Um, I don't know if he'll be coming over for GCW anymore. I just don't know if he's got a place on the card if he's not going to be wrestling. But, um, <clears throat> you know, Sasuke is a guy who he he never wants to quit. But he does need to take a year off. So, great so great Sasuke is going to be, um, I think his final match is in March. And then he's going to take a year off. Um, maybe he'll, still do, he'll still, do, still do the Great Space War in December. Who knows? But I just wanted to say that, um, like, what are your memories of Sasuke doing the, uh, the, uh, the hardcore stuff? Um, you know, obviously he had the death match with Onita. Um, that always pops into my mind. Um, I remember him coming over to ECW, um, you know, having pretty wild six man at the first pay-per-view and then, you know, him fighting just incredible and some other matches, uh, you know, he did a little bit of stuff in FMW. He definitely always put his body through, through everything. Uh, you know, even some hard hitting matches in new Japan. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, just He's 50 uh... years old too. So, you know, time catches up to every man. Did you ever, um, did you ever see, I know I've mentioned it before, did you ever see the documentary about him? The Sasuke documentary? I don't so, no. <clears throat> Worth watching. Absolutely awesome. They show him at home vacuuming the rug in his mask that you meet, to, you know, they, <laughs> they talk about his family. His family is actually Mexican and his children are, you know, uh, half Mexican and stuff and, um, they show him setting up, rent. you know, he loves kids because they do... People may not know, but K-Dojo does tons of gym shows. They do tons of shows in, like, middle school gyms where children come in for free. He loves kids. He loves wrestling for kids. He loves... That's one of the reasons he never wants to take off his mask is he's like, I'm a symbol for children. I'm a hero for children. I don't want to ruin that, and I love that. And there's actually a part in it where he's talking to one of the kids, and he's got this big, nasty scar, and they go, how did you get that scar? And he goes... You you know the light bulbs. One of the wrestlers stabbed me with it, and I'm like, yeah, you know, um, really great great movie, and it really shows how much Sasuke just loves wrestling. Like he's like, I don't want to do anything else. This is what I want to do. So I hope that year off can give him another thirty years attraction. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Be wrestling into his eighties. Yeah. Um, Dory Funk still wrestling. Oh God, he looks. Like the Grim Reaper, but... He does. He sure does. God bless him. I remember when Sasuke uh, did a little bit of stuff in WWE, too. A shame they didn't uh, recognize what talent they had. Well, it was, you know, it was the 90s. They let a lot of guys go. But, um, well, that's all I got to talk about. Do you have anything else that you want to go over? No, no, that's uh, that's pretty much about it. There's a little <clears throat> chunk of news. It's a good, like I said, uh, once you watch the H2O show, we can dig into that and uh, 
uh, go forward on that. I, like I said, I detail watched it. And if there's anything else uh, before then we want to watch, you know, something we could do another show, review that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to watch this HBO show, um, if not tonight, then tomorrow morning. Um, I'm going to be, be recording the another history of FMW with Bahu tomorrow. We're going to be going over 2004. It's going to start speeding up. We're going to get to the end in the next couple episodes. Uh, maybe we, we probably got like five more in us, and then it's going to be over. So that's been a fun journey for uh, for sure. And um, we're, and so I was thinking, you know, we're going to have Bahu on this show uh, when, 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 when we get the final episode out. And we're going to do a, you know, a, a, just a big wrap-up of FMW. So anybody who wants to send in questions, you can start sending those in whenever. We'll archive them, and we'll do a big show with Bahu when that's over with. But that's all I got going on. Um, you know, uh, Mike, if you want to put out any final plugs, and then we can get out of here. Um, yeah, I know I, I, I mentioned a few earlier, but like uh, Stephen always says, you know, check out THT, Jaheim, check out Nuclear Graphics. Um, amazing stuff he's got going on now. Uh, Stephen was saying he's got some crazy Kasai pictures coming out, and I, I love what he did with the Slack and uh, Nick Gage picture. Jaheim always has a Really, really uh, uh, great stuff on there. Uh, John Gray, I know uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier. He's going to be starting up his own podcast again, too. Uh, he did one for a few years. So once I get in for more information about John Gray's podcast, uh, you know, I'll let you all folks know. Uh, you know, this week I'll be doing a combat cult podcast, hopefully today. And, uh, you know, we'll be doing... Uh, one with Slack soon for the 420 Metalhead podcast, and we're going to be making some modifications to that show and trying to make it more friend-friendly and doing some other things. So, uh, yeah. Well, all right. With that, we will see you guys later. Well, God came down from heaven when he called to Adam by his name. He damn refused to answer. He's naked and ashamed Tell me who's that right angel, the revelator Who's that right John the revelator Who's that right John the revelator wrote the book out of seven You know we sent three away He said, walk with me for one hour I won't miss you on judgment